on this week's episode of Marketing O'Clock. LinkedIn has a handful of new updates, both IRL and IFL, IFL, in <laughs> fake life. We talked about new audience targeting options for Google search campaigns. Shep and I tried to figure out what the new window shopping on Facebook stories actually is. And Greg came up with a new YouTube campaign plan for tattoo prevention. All on today's show. Marketing O'Clock is your weekly dose of digital marketing news. A proud part of the Search Engine Journal podcast network. We record every week from the Cypress North Studios located in beautiful Buffalo, New York. Tune in to our critically acclaimed Famous Friday News Show for insights, updates, rants, and much more as we cover the full gamut of digital marketing for you. If you want to follow along, just check out our show notes or head over to marketingoclock.com for all of the links from today's articles. And please subscribe so you don't miss a single episode. Hey there, I'm Greg Finn. And I'm Christine Zernheld. A.K.A. Shep. And it is officially Marketing O'Clock. Here on October 18th, 2019. Remember, you can catch our famous Friday news shows each and every Friday morning. We read all the news. So you don't have to. And this week's show is brought to you by New Search Engine Journal t-shirts. They're so snazzy. They are. Snazzy is an understatement. And you can check out the entire fleet of shirts over at t-shirt.searchenginejournal.com. And they've got a shirt for almost anyone. Whether you're punk rock, they've got a kind of rancid Ramones looking shirt. Mm -hmm. Very SEO geared, but really cool. And there's now the vintage is back. The vintage Invaders SEJ shirt. So if you are in the market for not just doing cool work, but looking cool (laughs) while you do it, don't sleep on t-shirt.searchenginejournal.com. High quality, high fashion. Can I say high fashion with this? Definitely. High, high, high quality, high fashion. T-shirt.searchenginejournal.com. Head on over. All right, Shep. First up in the news this week, LinkedIn has three new features for company pages. And the first feature they're releasing is the page completion meter. It's making it easier for admins to optimize their page with a personalized completion meter that identifies fields and calls out new feature. Shep, this isn't a feature. <laughs> this is not actually a feature. I'm changing this to be two new features okay. are released. So we're going to skip past that one. Everybody knows those completion scores. Also, as an aside, I wonder how much those actually affect people updating their information. I have to imagine it's pretty substantial. Everybody does that. Where you're looking at your, your, let's say, Google Ads account, and there's not recommendations on how you can hit this certain score. I bet that that score aspect moves the needle on people actually implementing things. You think so? I do think so. I want the data. Okay. Release the data. Let's get it. Okay, so under the real one of the real features there is what they call kudos and team moments. And this will allow a admin to use custom content built for welcoming team members, spotlighting outstanding work, or recognizing the team behind the organization. This is really cool to help get people not just involved with the company, but also to, to be talking about that. It's really great. I, I think this is a nice feature. We, yeah. we do that where we spotlight each week something that, that others did exceptionally well, and this is like taking it, putting it on the internet, 
and then broadcasting it to the world. And a lot of people, that's really all they do on LinkedIn is share um, updates from their company. So I, I can imagine if they're notified of them, they'll share them more. Yeah, I mean, that's what LinkedIn is for. My, my only concern is that this could be clicky in a way where if you're out there and you're only sharing somebody, like I don't know exactly how that works for the team part of it, but I could see like not everybody being fully included. Are you worried this is going to turn into a cult or something? Yeah, it's going to turn into like a, a, a civil war within inside of a company. Uh -oh. You know, that whoever's running the LinkedIn and giving out those kudos isn't giving it the right team, the right departments, and others are getting left out. It's like the new version of Employee of the Month drama. Yeah. You want the recognition. Exactly. And then the last thing is, well, I guess the second thing is really my favorite. It's employee notifications. And so you, if you're a page admin on a LinkedIn page, you now can alert employees about important posts, which can make it easier for those employees to share. So if you put something out on LinkedIn and you're like, hey, this isn't getting enough engagement, you can then send it to your entire team, which is crazy. Like it's this or you're fired. <laughs> yeah. And then that will allow people to help share. And one nice thing that LinkedIn thought of is that it will only be used so there are going to be safeguards that you can say, I'm limiting this. You are limited to seven days. You can do it once in seven days. So you can't just every day be like, hey, team, share this, like this, LinkedIn this, give me a business meme or something like that. So, but I think it's nice. There were other tools out there that were geared towards LinkedIn that helped make sharing easier. And this is just a built-in native version of it. Pretty cool. Pretty cool. I have news from Google Ads this week who introduced two new audience targeting options for search campaigns. As you'll remember, they introduced in-market audience targeting for search campaigns earlier this year. And combining your keywords with audience targeting was uncharted territory before then. And Google now has two more types of audience so you can target or exclude them, which I think is really important to remember. Excluding these could be just as important. So the first is seasonal event segments for in-market audiences. These aren't live yet in Google, so we don't know the full list, but the examples that they give in the article are for Black Friday and Christmas. So I think this could be really powerful for changing up your messaging. So are you saying that I can, on search with my Google ads, target an audience around Black Friday and bid higher Absolutely. for that season? That's pretty cool. It's awesome. So you can bid higher or you can chain, you know, add promotion extensions if you're targeting that group exclusively. Um, there's all kinds of stuff you could do this. So it's probably not a good idea to just target all Christmas shoppers on the display network. But if you're combining it with search with your keywords for your product, it's awesome. I've got a good idea. Along with any of these extensions that you're targeting for Black Friday folks, we have a message of compassion. Don't punch <laughs> your fellow shoppers. <laughs> we just work that in as a PSA. Yeah, you got to get that under 90 characters, but yeah, you could. The second is affinity audiences, and you might be familiar with these from display. And this is made up of users that Google has deemed to have a passion or keen interest in a specific category. So the key difference between this and the in-market audiences is the in-market audiences are researching a topic right now and have an intent to buy right now, while the affinity audiences have more of a lasting interest, like they're aficionados. So you could say you're in, you're an affinity audience looking to buy a car, and then you can bid that up. Is that what it sounds like? Yes. 
You can bid it up, you can target it exclusively, or you could exclude an audience exclusively as well. Okay, good, because I'm only selling used cars over here, so get rid of those new car folks. (laughs) Okay, so there are some really, like, niche categories for these affinity audiences. Oh, I know. And they have fun names. Okay. So I want to play a two truths and a lie. I don't know how the game goes, believe it or not. So we're going to do three rounds. Okay. And there are two real affinity audiences and one that I made up in each round. Okay. And you have to guess which one I made up. You're good at these games, so I'm nervous. I don't know. We'll see. Okay. So the first category is lifestyle and hobbies. And the categories are shutterbugs, arts and crafters, or thrill seekers. Which one of these do you think I made up and is not available for targeting? Thrill thrill seekers. No, that one's on there. (laughs) Arts and crafters. Yeah, arts and crafters. I thought of like... um, on Unbreakable Kimmy Schmidt, she says her mom is a coaster head because she's like addicted to riding <laughs> roller coasters. <laughs> she would be in the thrill seekers. Okay. Next one is food. Health conscious eaters, 30 minute chefs, or frequently eats breakfast out. Wow. <laughs> the first one I could see because I had a, a two choice one. I know it wasn't Shutterbugs the first time. This one, I feel like. You're trying to trick me. I'm going to go frequently eats breakfast out. That's a real one. Ah, I knew it. There's nothing for health conscious eaters. Can you believe that? No, I can't. That, that should be one. Hey, free advice here, Google. Take it. <laughs> okay, last one. Media and entertainment. Hardcore gamers, video streamers, or metalheads. I, I, can't, I can't go 0 for 3 here. I feel like, again, I'm going to take the one that's obvious because now you didn't give me an obvious one that's wrong. So I'm going to go with Metalheads. Metalheads is a real one. No! They have all the music categories. It's like blues music lovers, classical music lovers, Metalheads. If you actually click on that, little known fact, you'll see a picture of Jess in there. You will. In her SEJ, SEO's Not Dead t-shirt. Yeah. Punk rock, man. (laughs) Yeah. So soon you'll be able to target all these categories and more in your search campaigns. All right, next up is more news from LinkedIn, and the company is taking a big step to bring its networking features into the physical world. Shep, I love it when we talk about the physical world. That's my favorite thing to talk about, digital into the physical world. And I, I'm i going to hold my judgment on this till the end because I want to know what you think. Okay. But LinkedIn has a new feature called Events, which is currently free. It's a tool that will let people plan announce, invite people to actual events in the real world. Um, And it's rolling out October 17th, which was yesterday. Um, It's a limited trial, uh, ran in New York and San Francisco previously this year. And that was part of the pilot program. And it's now coming into the world. The pilot was successful, landed the plane, and here (laughs) we are. This is, it also comes at a great time. In case you hadn't heard, I'm going to combine another story into this, this meetup. Are you familiar with the platform meetup? It was bought by WeWork, and they had changed the way that they operated their events. And the events used to be the onus, the burden was on the event organizer. And they made a change to say the payee was somebody that would RSVP for the event, up to $2 for an RSVP was a, a test that they were running. And so everybody freaked out. Who would do that? Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> and so that's the cool thing with this LinkedIn thing is that they're, at the moment it's free. So um, comes at a great time with this meetup news. So what do you think overall with events on LinkedIn? 
I think it's great. I think of it as like Facebook events, but for networkers and, you know, work people. I love it. Mm -hmm. I really, really, really like this. And even to the point where we're talking about internal teams, that's super cool that you can send this out. Oh, yeah. You know, you could say, hey, everybody in my Buffalo area here, I'm, we're having something. We're having an open house or something like that. Um, I, I love it that it brings it, – it's very smart, in my opinion, that you can take this real-world thing and bring it into this business network. Mm-hmm. Uh, we agree. just need the real IRL business memes next. That's the only <laughs> thing that's missing. And I have another story from Google who announced this week that they're introducing UTM parameter targeting for Google Optimize Experiments. Yay! So in setting up the targeting for your experiment, you can tell Google you only want your changes to be seen by users who came from this specific campaign that you have specified by your UTM parameters. This is huge. It is huge. For two reasons. One, before you could do campaign targeting but only for Google Ads campaigns, now you could do it for Microsoft, social media campaigns, anything you're adding parameters to. And two, we were having issues... With this in our office recently, we were talking about an experiment that had a nav item change on the landing page, and then we were wondering as the user navigated the site if that change stayed consistent, and we couldn't really figure it out. It seemed like no, but now they're saying that if you're doing this based on UTM parameters, it will be a consistent experience as you browse the site, which is really That's great. That's awesome. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Great job, Google. Thanks. And I want to do an IRL tweet, and so... It's kind of tough. But, you know, on Twitter, there's a lot of those clap emojis when somebody wants to make a point. Yeah. It's like clap, clap, whatever, and then you put words in between the claps, and then you put an (laughs) exclamation. Okay. I'm going to do an IRL tweet here. Ready? I love this. An IRL tweet. I I really appreciate this because, to your point, you do it across, across everything, and you can send people to a certain offer. This is amazing. That's why it's in the top news. Even it makes though. perfect sense. The future <laughs> is now. Not many people are talking about this, but we are. Yeah, we are. UTM, we care. <laughs> All right. And that brings us to this week's Take of the Week. This is a spicy hashtag fire digital marketing take with extra sauce served up for you. We simply serve up the take for your consumption. We give no opinions. We don't influence. You make the call. And this week's take comes from Rand Fishkin on Twitter, Randfish on Twitter, and he was replying to Search Stars. I don't even know who Search Stars is, but I'm going to read their tweet first, and then I'm going to give you the take of the week. So the take was, no, CTR is not a ranking factor. Live SEO myth busting with <laughs> Google's JavaScript SEO. I, I don't even know how to pronounce this Twitter handle. g 33 Kionot. Geek, Geek-a-not. Geek, yeah. I'm not a geek, I guess. <laughs> <laughs> I never. How did I never put that together? I guess you're not a geek. I'm not a geek. Okay. I put it together. And so what Rand replied was, so, so anyway, just quick. They're saying CTR is not a, a ranking factor from a Google employee, um, the, the nice gentleman that runs the JavaScript series on YouTube. And then Rand replied saying, it's mere coincidence that if a large group of people in a similar geography start to search and click a result, that result consistently rises in the rankings. Coincidence! Exclamation point. Winky face. I love a sarcastic take. Yes. And I feel like Google's smart. Very, very smart. And if I were to make a search engine, just hypothetically, Greggle, the search engine, (laughs) 
And I go Two out there. Two G's or one? <laughs> no. I've got a Google of G's. How about that? I would, one of the first things I would consider is what results people are clicking on and if there's a different pattern out there. Mm-hmm. That would be insane for me not to think to do that. And I understand this this take and everything from um, Geekonaut and the statement. But if that's the case, I'm concerned. That seems like such a ranking factor. And it's a little bit insulting to Mythbusters to say this is live myth busting. They're yeah. doing like real experiments. Do you remember the one where they inform the world about poop particles when you flush the toilet and how you need to put your toothbrush in the medicine cabinet? It changed my life. That was is it, myth busting. Was We're it, not just was taking it, Google's word for it. I'm assuming the results were plausible? Yes. Oh, no. I think it might have been confirmed, Greg. Oh, no. It was disgusting. Oh, no. No more brushing my teeth. All right. (laughs) And that does it for the take of the week. And it brings us to this week's lightning round. Pew, pew. (laughs) At this point in the show, we split up our content into two parts, paid and non-paid. I cover everything to do with advertising, a.k.a. paid, and Greg covers the organic, a.k.a. non-paid. Here's what's happening in the paid universe this week. First up, Facebook launched their 2019 holiday guide this week, and Matt Seven from Search Engine Journal has a great article on the site sharing some key takeaways. My biggest key takeaway is that, no surprise here, they're really pushing Facebook stories as they have them. And a quote from in big letters on one of the pages, <laughs> it says, window shopping is now shifting to stories. Oh, my Goodness. Is that supposed to make me want to use a story? So I'm just throwing my money away for something I'm not going to get any return on? Window shopping is not a good thing for retailers. I don't know if we can do a deep dive on this. How is it window shopping? (laughs) Is it window shopping in the fact that you literally are seeing the stories at the top and you might, something might pique your interest and you go through? Or is it the fact that they're saying when it's the window shopping, like, you're going through the story. The story is the window. Is the preview the window? Is the story the window? Where's the window? I think your your screen is the window. The ad is the window. Hmm. But I don't understand why Facebook thinks that retailers think window shopping is a good thing for them to strive for. It's not good. Nope. It's when people aren't buying things. So don't, are they saying don't, don't use, use stories? Don't use stories. Okay. Hey, you heard you it here first, <laughs> <laughs> folks. So there's some more insights in here. They talk about like when people are purchasing, you know, the stats get earlier and earlier every year when people are buying their Christmas gifts. This is the moral of the story. Yeah. You know when you're supposed to start Black Friday ads? Cyber Monday. Just get it going. <laughs> 363 days a year. The year up. Oh, for the next year. Yeah. Just start it. Start it. Started on, on Cyber Monday. Okay. You heard it here first, folks. That's <laughs> Breaking all kinds of news. Today. Great advice. And they also have a holiday marketing calendar. Um, so if you want more information on that, check out our show notes. And if you want all the real stats, head over to Marketing Clock yeah. and you can get the real scoop. <laughs> Next up, location targeting is now available in Google Smart Shopping Campaigns. I don't know how these were very smart before if there wasn't location targeting, but this is great news if you're running smart shopping campaigns. Yeah, I feel like... We should remove that designation of smart. Smart. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I also, I feel like we always get tricked nonstop with these naming, naming conventions. You can have something that's really dumb and you just call it smart and people are like, oh, okay, cool. I'm surprised there, we as a society don't use smart in like 
job titles more. Yeah. Hey, we, we have a, <laughs> you're the smart market, the senior smart market. Yeah. It's the same thing they're doing here. It's not smart. You can't even set up location targeting until this week. The, the, yeah. You're the, the CSO, the chief smarts operator. That's me. Or officer, not operator. You wouldn't want to be operator. I'll take either. Well, I guess as long as smarts in there, you know, they got the brains. <laughs> Next up, Zenith, which is a media agency owned by Publicis Media, predicts that social media ad spend will be greater than print ad spend in 2019. Wait, it hasn't been? That's what I thought. (laughs) I didn't know this was breaking news. Um, This would mean that it would rank as the third largest advertising media channel after TV and paid search. That's exactly how I would think it would rank. But I guess this is new news. They say this is in large part thanks to small businesses who shift budgets to social to take advantage of targeting and other capabilities for local campaigns. Can I also just say something in general? Saying TV and making this all-encompassing thing, it seems strange. There's TV commercials, there's sponsorships, there's paid placements. Product placements, yeah. Yeah, is that all TV? Because then could it just be digital where you've got paid search, social, yeah. display, all these other spots. Then I wonder if paid search or digital would be in first place. Well, I would, I would imagine it would have to be, hmm. I would think. I demand a recount. And that was a forecast from 2019, but let's look even further into the future. Before we do, speaking of recounts, one of my favorite terms in the English language <laughs> is when you have a problem with the voting ballot. Have you ever heard about this? Do you know the name of it? A single voting ballot? Yeah, so you have a piece of paper, and there's a problem with the way it was punched, and it wasn't counted right. Do you know what that's called? No. Don't don't quote me on this, folks, but I think it's called a hanging chad. Why? I have no idea. <laughs> <laughs> I think so. I got to Google that, but I think it's called a hanging chad. You do your story, and I'll report back if I'm right or wrong. Okay. <laughs> So let's look even further into the future, into 2021, because a new study from eMarketer says that Amazon is expected to command 16% of the search market share by that year. They're currently still far behind Google, the leader, who will generate $40 billion in search advertising revenue in the U.S. this year, making up 73% of search advertising Amazon's $7 billion in search ad revenue has them controlling 13% of the market right now, but Amazon is slowly closing the gap, and by 2021, they're expected to command 16% of the revenue, and Google will shrink to 70%. Okay. So, did you find out? I did. A hanging chad became popularized in the 2000 presidential race between George W. Bush and Al Gore. It's when the fragments of the paper... Um, gets stuck in the machine and it's not counted properly. It hangs there. They're called chads, the little piece of paper. Why? A hanging chad. For a second, I thought it was crazy. I feel really good. I feel like that would be a good I, Halloween costume. I mean, I feel good for Amazon and myself, basically, after that story. Okay, great. And switching gears to YouTube, there's a new feature for masthead and true view video discovery ads that beauty brands will love. AR Beauty Try-On allows users to try on virtual makeup. Users will be able to use their selfie camera to see how different cosmetics products look on their skin. They're specifically selling this as something for beauty brands only right now. So I guess anyone else who wants to use this product is kind of out of luck, but it could work for a lot of people. Can I make a prediction? What? Do you know how they're in dressing rooms? Two different kinds of mirrors. There's regular mirrors and then those skinny mirrors. Somebody that 
made the skinny mirror was on the Shark Tank pitching it. And everybody's like, I hate oh, it this. makes you look thinner? Makes you look thinner. There's one of those at my mom's house. <laughs> <laughs> okay. So my prediction, they're not only going to allow you to try makeup on. There's going to be a filter put on there that you may or may not know about that thins your face when you put their makeup That's on. That's called contour, Greg. It's already a thing. But they, there's, okay. but I'm talking about in the an VR. actual VR filter that you don't know about. Just like these mirrors. You go to a store, you put the pants on, you're like, oh, these pants look great. It's because it's because that's not the actual look. That's not a real mirror. I'm thinking some of these folks are going to take advantage and try to do whatever. I don't, I don't know what it is. Maybe for men, they have thicker jaws or something. <laughs> I, don't I was know. thinking about guess, this too. I don't know how much men makeup there is, but you know what I'm saying. <laughs> I was thinking about this too because we talked about this technology before and like all we ever talk about is Warby Parker makeup. Yeah. I was thinking a skincare or sunscreen company, Coppertone, could do the opposite thing and they could like show you how wrinkly your face is going to be if you wow. don't use your sunscreen. I like that. Yeah. That's great. Just trying to think of more applications. Here's another one. If there was a big tattoo prevention company and you could say load your tattoo on and you're gonna look at what it looks like when you're 80 (laughs) and you're like i don't know and you're like hey look i used to have an anchor on my arm and now it looks like a shovel or something okay well i'm sure all the tattoo prevention companies will be calling you now (laughs) all right that's an amazing idea thank you so if you are a beauty brand and you want to try out this new tool, contact your Google sales team for more information. Speaking of the tattoo prevention that you brought up, <laughs> uh, one of my tattoos I've always wanted, it wasn't my idea originally, but having a ruler on your arm where you could then just measure things. That's smart. But then what if your skin got droopy when you're older and then an inch became, you know, an inch and a half? That'd be a big problem. That would be a huge problem. Maybe this air could, could, could coax me out of my tattoo. Problems that would all go away if you saw the tattoo prevention ad and didn't get your tattoo. We need that today. Let's get going, (laughs) YouTube. And finally, we have more news from YouTube who is reportedly testing a new option allowing advertisers to reserve ad space up to 120 days in advance. So this seems to be generated towards events. And as we all know, we have some big events coming our way, particularly the 2020 election. So political ad buyers would be able to reserve space leading up to the campaign far in advance, similar to how they do when they're buying TV ads. This is super smart for YouTube because they can make fake demand, basically. They can inflate that. Mm -hmm. My only real question here that's a fake question is, can I schedule it out 363 days a year because I on Cyber Monday I have to start planning for my Black Friday next year? I don't know. You'd have to call them and ask. I I didn't get that far in the article. (laughs) But according to the report from the Wall Street Journal... Google plans to let buyers reserve ad space with this new tool for the entirety of 2020 starting November 15th. Oh, I almost can. So you can, yeah, you can almost I mean, get it's your- like 350 days, but I'll take it. Okay. And that is it for paid this week. Over to you, Greg. All right. And we've got a lot of news on the non-paid and we are going to fly through it lightning style. First up comes from the Serpologist over at G Squared Interactive, Glenn Gabe, who breaks down the September 2019 Google Core algorithm update that Shop has dubbed on the podcast as the. I had a diff- different options. Is it Earth, Wind, and Fire? Is the Earth, one we Wind went with? Earth, Wind, and Fire. Okay. Yes, the Earth, Wind, and Fire algorithm. And Glenn talked about the fact that it's not really one sweeping algorithm. It said there are a lot of different baby algorithms at work. I like that. 
I think that that's so, cute. I like calling it a baby algorithm. Yeah, there's all these little babies around there. It it's sounds like, how like could you get mad at that? When you put in like your picture and your boyfriend's picture and it shows you what your baby's going to look like. Yeah, that's creepy. <laughs> <laughs> it's creepy. Um, but he breaks it down in a really hands-on way with a lot of examples. So if you saw any major shifts, check this out first. He does a great job looking at a few different verticals and then identifying not just this algorithm, but algorithms before this and some impact. And one thing that's a very sensible statement that he made is this, and this comes from his words. My advice has always been to thoroughly analyze your site through the lens of quality, which can mean several things. Don't just cherry pick a few things to improve. Instead, improve the site overall. You've got all these little baby algorithms within one. Don't just pick one. Look at the greater good. I thought that that's sensible. Nobody says things like that. Everybody's always like, oh, there's one little aspect. Go to, go to this. We've got to check that. No. Try. People try. <laughs> I like that too. All right. Obviously, this was a bigger hit on the health and medical space. And he also talks about one example that was, quite frankly, horrific. I dream about it. I have nightmares about it. <laughs> talks about an example where there was a analytics account, a company, a site that had a 100,000 clicks a day that dropped to zero after this update. So if you've got any fluctuations, anything to do, check this out. It's the go-to. Fluctuations and understatement. Yeah, that's a termination. <laughs> <laughs> All right, next up is news from our favorite Twitter follow here, Jane Mansham Wong. And it is on the social media today site. But is, Facebook is testing new photo layout op options for multiple image posts. So if you choose to, you can now will have the ability to display your image gallery, basically your image set in multiple different ways. Did you look at this? Shep? I did. What did you think? I think it looks pretty nice. Um, I had an aunt who recently posted today her kids' school pictures and like all their heads got chopped off and I'm worried that that's this at work somehow. Okay. Well, if she was doing this, it's like a choose your own adventure where you choose the capitated. Is that what it's called? Capitated yeah, head it, They just images? looked weird and I, it seemed like something. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Well, my big thing is there are a lot of stinker image, image options in here. There are a bunch where it takes these, these horizontal images and you could just turn them into like little teeny columns almost yeah i think that's what happened hey if that's what you want to do go for it if you want to take say i need my kids heads on here <laughs> i want the capitated version of my children but i'm gonna remove their arms and legs then to go that route <laughs> okay and google has a new option to show search by photos box in specific verticals Mike Blumenthal over at Blumenthal's.com discovered this. It's distinct from interesting finds and discover more places. It is a picture of that comes from what appears to be the Google My Business account along with a star rating. And it's right in the SERPs and you can swipe either way. It's only on mobile at the time. And it's sort of like Google Images had a baby with Google My Business and then let it cook in the SERPs. Hmm. I don't know. Let lots it... of baby talk today. Yes, lots of baby talk. But there is no fixed position. It's been shown in a few different spots, so it's not. it seems like it's moving around. But check that out. And again, another reason to have good quality photos on your Google My Business account. Next up is some news from across the pond, as they say. I don't actually don't know if France is across the pond. 
I thought like that was that's England. Only England, yeah. Okay, so if you keep going across the pond and over some land, you'll get to this next news. The copyright directive was intended to generate fees for media publishers where the copyrighted content would show up in search results and on aggregation sites out there in general. But Google said, no, I'm not paying those licensing fees to take your news content and put it in Google because we don't want to pay money for that. So because of these changes in France, specifically, Google will now not display text snippets or image thumbnails for those European press publications, again, in France, unless the website has implemented meta tags to permit search previews. We talked about this three weeks back, two or three weeks, I guess, where there's now new meta descriptions that you can implement to get back into showing those previews in Google News. So if you do not opt into this, if you do not use the meta tags, you will no longer have snippets and thumbnail images in Google France. News. Au revoir. Perfect. How was my accent? We. See. Who knows? <laughs> All right. Next up in what must be a complete coincidence, Google is releasing the new search snippets that help you control your previews in the search engine results pages. Wow. Hey, just in time for the France changes. <laughs> cool. This... I wish I knew a French thing to say here. Hooge. <laughs> That's red. Veer? I don't know. <laughs> I can say a few th- what? in French. Je voudrais de la bière, s'il vous plaît. Okay, it ends in please. What is it? I would like a beer, please. <laughs> <laughs> All right. And next up, coming on the Google side, you data nerds out there can rejoice as now in Data Studio, you can add chart interaction filters to pivot tables. So if you just haven't been pivoting enough, just keep on swirling around 360, 920, <laughs> whatever you want to do, just keep on pivoting because you can do it right there. never heard pivot tables explained with such fun. Well, that's what we do here at Marketing Clock. <laughs> Something a little bit less fun comes over at Spark Toro as Rand Fishkin from the Take of the Week, known worldwide from this week's Take of the Week, talked about one of the items that was on the Search Ranking Factors report that we covered a few weeks back. He talked about one item he left off, about people's and webmasters' trustworthiness of Google specifically. So the question was, how do you feel about 20 public statements by Google? And your answers could be five different options, although it only goes up to four. Zero is provably false. One, leans false. Two, technically correct but misleading. Three, leans transparent. Four, 100% transparent. The lowest response was 100% transparent. And the most popular response in a landslide was the technically correct but misleading response. Chef, I'm going to give this in action right now, okay? Okay. Okay, so case in point is to what everybody's thinking about here, Shep. Back in September, on September 24th, Google came out with the following statement in regards to those new meta descriptions that help you control your results. This came on September 24th. Mind you, we've got that information about France and everything today. Mm-hmm. 
What they said is Google automatically generates previews in a way intended to help a user understand why the results shown are relevant to their search and why the user would want to visit the link pages. Listen close. However, we recognize that site owners may wish to independently adjust the extent of their preview content in the search results. Then it goes on to say to make it easier for individual websites to define how much it should show or not. The sentence at the article is, however, we recognize that site owners may wish to independently adjust the extent of their preview content in search results. Do you really think that's why they did this, Shep? I don't. Is it that much of a coincidence <laughs> that France is saying you can't use this now unless you use and implement these new initiatives, these new meta tags? I mean, I think there's an art to saying things that are technically true but misleading. And I'd like to know exactly. whose job it is Exactly. There. I can't believe 100% of people <laughs> didn't say this. That is the definition of technically correct but misleading. It is as misleading as can be but technically correct. It's almost impressive. It really is. And I am really sad for everybody that didn't vote for that. <laughs> that is, that is it, it, textbook. It's textbook. Okay. I never even <laughs> maybe more depressing news. Twitter world leaders break the rules, but Twitter is trying to stop some of the proliferation of those messages. We talked about this a while back that the rulers of worlds, is that a term? <laughs> Maybe. Nobody in this room. World leaders can break the rules, but they don't want to censor folks because it's bad for everybody. But now they're just saying, hey, you're not going to be able to take tweets that break the rules. You can see them, but you can't share them. And this is just weird. It's just weird. Why can't they, are they at least going to flag it somehow so people know that that tweet breaks the rules, you know? It's, it's, or are you not going to know until you try to retweet it and it doesn't work? Honestly, I get it. I feel for Twitter. I feel for them because they've come in and said, we are going to censor things, which is an impossible job. Mm -hmm. It's an impossible job. And then you're like, oh, we're going to cut off the present. No, you can't do that. Oh, we're going to say that you can't see this stuff. Oh, no, we can't do that either because it's important. You don't want to censor political news. And now you're to the point where you're like, oh, I'm going to make it so you can't share this stuff. It's just a weird spot. The minute you start censoring anything is a weird spot. It's just strange, and I feel for them. Yeah. But if you're breaking the rules, they could at least highlight it somehow. Make the first response Twitter being like, hey, this is breaking the rules <laughs> so people can see it. I don't know. Hey, we have rules, and you can break them um, if you got elected in, into office. That ain't right. <laughs> no. Something that is right is a new app that was announced with the Pixel 4 smartphone is an app simply called Recorder for Google. And it uses speech and artificial intelligence and machine learning, I'm sure, to <laughs> highlight different aspects and transcribe what you're talking about. There's a video. Check it out. It is super creepy. It can pick everything up. You can record what's going on. It picks up the music. People start clapping. It says applause in there. And then what you can do is you can start searching through these re recordings and say, I want to look at the point in the show where I talked about Twitter. And I can search for Twitter and it'll pull it up and I can go right there instead of going back and forth. What it needs though, here's a new feature, Google. It needs all this, the parts where we mess up in this show. Because yeah. we mess up a few times and we have to go back and edit them. Bloopers. Yeah. I, we need a blooper, a blooper meter there. But check it out. It's actually a really impressive video. We're getting close here, folks. <laughs> but Google has new guides and tools 
on how you can build actions with your structured data. So you can enhance the presence of your search in the Google Assistant by automatically creating actions off of your structured data. And there's new tools to show how to do this. Go check them out if you're trying to do that. And another article from Glenn Gabe, well, I guess it's just a tweet, but he said, if you notice strange fluctuations in traffic from mobile versus desktop for top-ranking content, make sure you review your mobile results. Check out the interesting finds module is ranking number one now in an example he had, which is crazy. This interesting finds and what Glennon typed in was Google mobile pop-up algorithm. And it was just number at the top, a bunch of interesting finds. One of them was from search engine land. One from search engine journal. One was from Moz. One was from, of course, G squared and Glenn. He's just everywhere on the show. I don't really like the interesting finds. If I search for something, I don't want interesting finds. I want you to find my results. Yeah, I want what I'm searching for. I want relevant finds, maybe, then interesting finds. I don't want interesting finds, number one. Not at all. Interesting finds seems like something I'm doing when I'm not trying to accomplish something. Yeah, that's for like social media or yeah. not Google. It's for Discover. Keep that on yeah. Discover, Google. Okay, and last up is a tweet from Google Webmaster Team. And the tweet was, we're aware of an issue that might be causing slight delays on in indexing fresh content. We're looking into it and we'll update when it's clear. And it was cleared back on the 16th. So annotate that. If you've seen anything in Google Analytics, there was a indexing issue on the 16th. So just throw that in there so that you can go back and reference it. One thing that was also released, I believe it was on the 16th, the Google Webmaster channel released about hot dogs. There was a video about hot dogs. So if you're really bummed about the fresh indexing, go check out the hot dogs. It's, it's a hot dog a sandwich. We need to link to it. It's an amazing yeah, video. Ask the, ask, ask the uh, Google Webmasters or whatever that channel is to talk about hot dogs. <laughs> so if you're really sad, don't worry. Google had a little indexing problem, but there's, hot, there's some hot dog talk. Some hot dog talk over there. It's exactly what we want them to be doing. Right, and that brings us to our real-life segment. Straight out of our accounts and into your ear holes. It's time for Working Hard. Or Hardly Working. Where we talk about what is going on in our IRL work. Good. Bad. Or otherwise this week. Shep, what's been happening with your accounts this week? I have a super simple one, but for months now, I just haven't been able to see any images in Google Ads. I'll upload them. That's a problem. I know. I'll upload them and I'll be able to see them like in the upload tool when I'm selecting them in there. But then we had a meeting with a client yesterday and we were talking about a new display campaign and Greg mentioned, hey, you should send them these great previews that Google Ads does where you can see your responsive ads on all the different formats. And I'm like, well, I can't do that because I can't see any. Are you ad blocking your Google Ads? I don't know. I don't think so. I turned it off. Okay. I don't know what's happening, but I need to figure it out and it's annoying. Okay. We'll figure it out. We'll report back next. <laughs> My big, I guess it, it's, last week I had a pause, something that was working hard in Google Ads. This week, I have something hardly working. And it's the notes panel. That notes panel drives me insane. <laughs> the fact that you can't get to it from every screen, you have to go back in your campaign screen, open it, and then it sits there at the bottom. And the fact that you can't use a shortcut, that was my working hard last week is that there are all these great shortcuts. I want a shortcut to get to the notes panel. It's it very be like frustrating. like a little chat box. 
but just well, with it, yourself. It, it is, and it sits there at the bottom once you open it. But you can only open it on the campaigns level or when you're analyzing something. You I want it everywhere. There. Everywhere. Yeah. Give it to me everywhere. More of it. I like the notes panel. I want more. <laughs> but I can't get to it. All right. Now it's time for this week's WTH. And this WTH comes from a lot of different people. But we'll start with the Hollywood Reporter. As Facebook has to pay $40 million under a proposed settlement in the video metric suit. In case you haven't heard, Facebook misreported video metrics in inflating them. Surprising. They mm-hmm. weren't deflating them, they are inflating them. <laughs> and so this $40 million has be paid back, much of which would go to the advertisers, but 30% of the fund, or $12 million bucks, is going to go to plaintiff's attorneys. So really, advertisers are getting 30%, or whatever, they're $28 million or whatever. So here comes the WTH. That's WTH by itself, but here it comes. So Scott Galloway on Twitter, at Prof Galloway, had this tweet. The viewership metrics were inflated 150 to 900%. Whole companies shifted their strategy to video. Companies going bankrupt, people losing their jobs. Facebook gets away with 0.18% of annual income. A slap on the wrist. He forgot to say pets' heads are falling off. It would have been perfect to see him right in the middle there. Okay, so he said this is should be more, right? Mm-hmm. Okay, so here comes the WTH. And I'm going to read this, and I'm going to stop after a few tweets so I can get your feedback, okay? okay? So there is a, a, a tweet stream, and here are the main beats of it. And it comes from Adam Conover, at Adam Conover on Twitter. So Adam says, responds, he quote retweeted it, and has a thread. And he says, my former employer, College Humor, did this. In order to beat YouTube, Facebook faked incredible viewership numbers. So College Humor pivoted to Facebook. So did Funny or Die and many others. The result, a once thriving online comedy industry was decimated. A $40 million fine is laughable. Shut Facebook down. <laughs> so what do you think? Thoughts? That's really sad for the comedy industry that they decided to put all their videos on Facebook. Agree. Okay, so yeah. next next tweet. A little more context. When I joined College Humor, fans watched videos on our site, all caps. That meant that we sold the ads and controlled the metrics. We had a killer ad sales team and made custom videos for major brands. YouTube was mostly just to drive traffic to the site. It was a real business. Sounds like they're living the dream. Why would they change anything? I'm right with you. Okay, so here comes the next tweet in the response. We posted links to Facebook, of course, but the links led to our site. I specifically remember the fateful day somebody said, you have to see the numbers native videos get on Facebook. They're insane. All caps. He should have added that guy. Too good to pass up. We started posting videos natively to Facebook instead. So what are your thoughts there? Besides, yeah, you should add, should add, that, add guy. that guy. Yeah, okay. Why so, are they doing that? Why did they do that? I agree. Anytime you hear something that's not too good to be true, guess what? <laughs> too good to be true. They're insane. They're lies. Okay, okay. so here's, here is the last part of it, and then you can read the whole thread if you want to. He, he says, the problem no way to monetize. In fact, instead of viewers coming to our site, all caps, and seeing ads, Facebook model is to charge you for access to your fans. Site traffic plummeted. So did ad rates and thus video budgets. Our Facebook views were awesome! Exclamation, exclamation. 
but we now know those were a lie. Shep, your thoughts. Didn't they already know that when they pivoted to Facebook? This is a you problem, dude. This is a you problem. Adam, like I get the fact that you're upset about the the video views. That's not what the problem was. The problem was you listen to this person talking about the insane engagement. You put your whole strategy on another website that's not yours. You don't you you built on somebody else's property. You invested your entire company or what seems like something that could bankrupt your company on somebody else's land. We talk about this all the time. It's all I tell people all day long is you need to have control of things. Do it the right way. Don't put your forum on Facebook groups. Build a forum. Build an awesome forum. Guess what? They did it, and it's amazing, and they control it. They can put ads wherever they want. Your college humor, everything's working great. You have a killer ads team. Why on IRL Twitter? Why on (laughs) earth would you do this? Why would you put this on Facebook? This is insanity. I don't know. And my first thought when I saw it, I was like, former employer, college humor. I wonder if they're still around. Oh, they're not. They're not. They're not. It's so sad. And the thing that really honestly killed me about this is the fact that he says, we had a killer ad sales team and made custom videos for brands talking about how awesome stuff was. And you don't improve, enhance what is working. It's crazy. You pivot. He used the word pivot. Not good. We got a a new feature for you in Google Data Studio, so look for that (laughs) soon. All right. And that brings us to this week's cool tool. As a reminder, our cool tool is not an endorsement or paid mention. We're simply sharing something that we found in our travels that we think may be of use to our listeners. And this week's cool tool is NewsDash, and that is news spelled with a Z. And this comes from the marvelous mind of John Shehada of Condé Nast, formerly had SEO over at ABC. So if you need something about news, this is your go-to John's man. And this is a Google News tracking platform for publishers that gives you data so you can see how your site performs on Google News and in Google Search. And you can put in your URL or any publisher URL and see competitive data. There's also a keyword tracking tool and a news trends tool that you can use to see what's trending in different news categories today, this week, or this month. And this data can help you uncover insights and trends, track market share, and optimize news articles, all with the goal of increasing visibility on Google. You can see some of this data for free, and they also have different tiered subscription plans as well. So check it out in our show notes. It's newsdash.com, N-E-W-Z-D-A-S-H.com. All right, thank you, Shep. And that brings us to this week's must-read marketing article of the week, an article so in-depth, so detailed, that we simply cannot cover it in its entirety on today's show. And this week's article comes from the one, the only, John Henshaw over at Koi Wolf, former guest on the show, and an interview, the best interview we've ever done. You heard it here first, folks. Hot take. Hot take. And what John does is he made an article about how to get into Google News. There are many articles on the internet about how to get into Google News, and I've looked at these in the past. They all suck. (laughs) This one is amazing, but there's a problem. This is paid content. You have to be part of the Koi Wolf community to see it. You only get a portion of it. But if you're trying to get into Google News, it is worth the subscription. John writes code in this thing. He's got everything that you could ever imagine to get into Google News. He talks about what Google News cares about, how to get into Google News, talking about the UX, 
having headlines, talks about all these different subheads as well, how to optimize the byline, author and publisher information, again, with code specifically for WordPress in this article, and also the schema information you needed to add, style and frequency. It is, I've seen many, many, many articles about how to get into Google News. It's the best one and worth the price of admission. Thank you, John. All right, that does it for today's show. Thank you to SEJ Shirts. If you want to look part punk, part programmer, or maybe half geek and half sleek, (laughs) SEJ Shirts has got something for you SEOs out there. I recommend the vintage, what is it called? It's like the vintage, it's that old game out there, the Asteroid, not the Asteroid game, it's the Destroyer game. What is that, what is that game called? It's the vintage SDJ shirt. For my time. Space Invaders. Okay. The, the Space Invader shirt, all the different Space Invaders are Google algorithm updates. I don't know how they're going to do the Earth, Wind, and Fire update on this one, but it is a, a, a rocking shirt. It's really cool. So head on over to t-shirt.searchenginejournal.com and check that out. And if you're looking for more great podcasts, don't miss the Search Engine Journal show. This week, Amy Bishop is dropping the freshest of fresh knowledge with the man, the myth, the legend, Brent Satoris. And they talk about third-party audiences. Hey, you just talked about that. Mm -hmm. She breaks it down in Google Ads. And it just came out this week. How do they even do that this fast? It's magical. It is now officially not Marketing O'Clock. Remember, you can catch everything from this show on marketingoclock.com. While you're there, please be sure to subscribe so you don't miss a single episode. And we will see you next week. Thanks for listening to Marketing O'Clock, part of the Search Engine Journal Podcast Network. If you're looking for more information on today's topics, head over to marketingoclock.com for links to all the articles that we covered. And please be sure to subscribe so that you don't miss a single episode. Welcome to this week's episode of Shooting the Hack, where after our famous Friday news shows, we don't talk about marketing anymore. We just shoot the heck. And this week's Shooting the Hack is everybody's favorite game. Poke holes in this, where we come up with some crazy ideas and you poke holes in why this is a bad idea. Talk me off of investing all my money in this. First off, (laughs) the baby training camp. And this isn't for babies, it's for parents. Most parents don't know what they're getting into. This is a two-week seminar. Instead of your baby moon, you go here and they prep you for what is to come. It's even before you have your with child. It's when you're without child. And it's going to prep you for your life when the child comes out. Okay. Is this a paid or is it a mandatory class? Details are TBD, but it's probably going to be public service is going to be involved in this. I don't have a child, but I fear that this could really hinder our birth rate. That's the point. (laughs) By the way, that's the point. (laughs) If if it's too much for you, this will weed you out. We want good parents. No, I would ask what what would you be teaching everybody? Teaching people how not to sleep operate and. without sleep see if relationships can stay together is this just for the first five years or are you going up to 18 no this is a two-week increment where they show you what it's like I you go like- into this it's like when nfl players go and it's preseason they go stay in the dorms like you're in the dorms again you're in dorm this has to be in dorms and you're in the dorms and you just don't sleep ever 
and you just get pooped out. Like <laughs> I know, but are you just learning about taking care of a baby, or does this go into There's teenager no years? Involved. It's just the torture part of the parenting. But that's kind of learning. Why would you waste the time you have before you're a parent to being see if a it's parent? For you, to see if it's for you. To see if it's for you. I don't yeah. think it's really for anyone. I think anyone. the beauty of being a parent is not having any idea what you're doing and figuring out along the way. Okay, so it seems like you're with me on this, guys. No. Okay. <laughs> All right, next up is a computer desk that powers your computer, but there's a catch. In order to get power to your desk. No, I don't like this. We're going to have to do exercise. <laughs> you have to walk. No. You have to walk on the computer, on the computer platform. <laughs> Not on the computer. Actually, don't do that. No, you have to walk on the treadmill, and then the computer will be powered, and you can actually do your work. But most people that have those standing desks or treadmill desks, they just sit there or stand there. Nobody ever does anything. You have to do it. It forces you to walk. What if you break your legs? That is such a safety hazard. <laughs> it's not. You can fall down. I don't need to be doing exercise all day. Well, then you might not have a computer. If this isn't at your home office, everyone's going to have to smell you. <laughs> okay. <laughs> all right, next up. In today's world, we've got all these deep fakes. And you say, deep fakes, audio, it's coming into video now. I'm thinking what we're going to do is we're going to go from digital back to analog, back to film. This is going to be film that people have to do. It's going to be at a premium price. I'm starting a company. And this film is something that is going to be time-stamped in a way. You can tell when it was recorded, when it was made, and you can't hack it. And I'm going to push everybody back to analog so there's no deep fakes. Check the film. What? <laughs> I don't know. I'm kind of confused. But if you're talking about what's trendy, film is actually coming back anyway. So okay. do you mean just in businesses that film's going to come back to try to... How are you going to no, force you everyone are... back to analog? It's just so you know, deep fakes. I mean, it's pretty easy to think about. <laughs> I okay. I mean, you guys agreed with me on that one. So here's the last one. Here. These are terrible ideas. Okay. So if you think that you've heard terrible ideas, I was thinking about another one. I personally have never experienced it, but some people are, are team bidet. Team bidet. That's the toilet thing that shoots water out, right? Exactly. It cleans you. So I was thinking about the fact that what if you made something, and, and again, they're in other countries that aren't America, there are bidets everywhere. So what if you had something, and this is my invention, don't think about going and making these, <laughs> the armpit bidet. So no. let's say you're out on your treadmill what? and powering your computer a little bit too much and you get a little sweaty and you need a little clean out. What if you had at the public restroom the armpit bidet? Okay. You would have to take your shirt off. That's okay. problematic. Then you would just, just take a shower. It would just be in each stall though, so I mean it's not that big a deal. You It would drip down your body onto all of your clothes. That's a horrible idea. It's just water that sprays. How does that help? Make you smell better. And if maybe, you have pit stains, it doesn't work on drying the pit stains. Maybe a nice perfume. I feel perfume. like we can build off the bidet momentum. I have an point. idea. A perfume <laughs> bidet. There you go. Thank you. Oh, can I? I also have another idea. This is rogue, but my dad came up with this, and I really want to tell it. I really want to make him happy. <laughs> okay. This is going to be a seven-hour podcast. No, go no, on. no, no, no. Okay. You know how you meet a bunch of people, and you forget their names, yep. and it's really awkward when you go up and try to introduce hey. yourselves yeah. without knowing their names. So my dad came up with the idea that you make glasses that 
you can kind of press a button or you it recognizes the face and then it shows their whole profile and their name so you don't forget it hope your dad is a genius that's we a, need to, yeah that's we a good need idea. to get him in touch with that recorder team and then it'll instantly be like oh that person's name is bob <laughs> right over the head get google, the google glass team the recorder team and your dad together in a room yep S- solid goal that was a good idea i actually like that right all right We'll give him all the royalties. (laughs) And we'll see you next week.